welcome to LEAD, a podcast from the Lakes Education Action Drive, a nonprofit organization dedicated to preserving the natural beauty and quality of lakes in Polk County, Florida. Established in 1985, LEAD has taken an active role in the pursuit to preserve our lakes and environmental resources. In addition, LEAD encourages residents to take advantage of the many excellent opportunities our lakes provide. Before we get started, LEAD would like to thank our sponsor, Florida's Horizon, a company dedicated to building bridges and providing solutions between the regulated and the regulators. LEAD is recorded at the Off Brian Studios in beautiful Central Florida. Now, sit back and enjoy this episode. Last January, we started our first ever podcast by interviewing our president, Lori Smith. Throughout the year, we wanted to introduce LEAD's other board members. Today, we will speak with Rochelle Seltzer, and I have known Rochelle for about 13 years, and I'm excited to spend some time letting our audience get to know her. I could have asked Rochelle for her bio and spend 10 minutes listening to myself talk about Rochelle, but instead, I really would rather let Rochelle talk about herself. So let's get started. Rochelle, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Danny. I am well. And you, sir? I am doing great. Thank you. And thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Good. So, Rochelle, our, our, I guess our first question is, uh, will you spend some time and, and really introduce yourself to the lead audience? Sure, I'd be happy to. My name's Rochelle Coleman-Seltzer. I am born and raised here in Winter Haven, Florida. And right now I'm the Executive Director of Green Horizon Land Trust. I'm a professor of public administration at Polk State College. And some of my hobbies include boating and scalloping and hiking and spending time with my family and friends. I am interested in the natural environment and the world that surrounds us. I spend most of my time in the evenings with my daughter, who is nine. Her name is River, and she's in fourth grade. Well, I got to see River when she was a little kid and real little, and, and I just recently got to see her on a Zoom cast, and uh, <laughs> boy, she is really growing up. That's right. That's what they do. They sure enough do that. So. So I guess, real quick question then, as a side note, is River in school or is she learning from home? Well, right now we're all dealing in our own ways with the COVID threat um, around our country. And River is schooling through Florida Virtual School right now from home. And she's enjoying it tremendously. Well, that's great. You know, we met Florida Virtual School at our, at our Cardboard Boat Challenge last year. And uh, they were one of our vendors, and I got to know a little bit more about them. And they do a really good job. I, I would agree with you. They do. It's an excellent program. Well, that's great. So, you know, when we first met, uh, you were working with City of Winter Haven. I, I think you were in the Natural Resources Department. 
Can you tell us a little bit about your time with City of Winterhaven? What brought you there? How did you get involved with LEAD? Okay, well, my time with the City of Winterhaven was interesting in that I started out as a recreation supervisor at Rotary Park for the City of Winterhaven. And while I was there as a recreation supervisor, I was excited about pursuing my passion. And we did events like Earth Day. We enjoyed spreading information throughout the community about environmental resources and opportunities. And from there, I was able to earn my master's degree in public administration. And with that in hand, there was an opening with the Natural Resources Department for a Natural Resources Coordinator. And so I was hired as the Natural Resources Coordinator for the city of Winter Haven. And I worked with Mike Britt in that name. Many people may recognize it. He's been with the city for a long time. He was the Natural Resources Director. And the primary focus of my job with the city of Winter Haven as the Natural Resources Coordinator was in the NPDES permit, and that is the National Pollution Discharge Elimination System permit through the EPA or the Environmental Protection Agency. And so the NPDES permit actually tracks stormwater discharge throughout a town, municipality, county, or state so that we can find places where we can improve to minimize pollution into our waterways throughout the city, county, and state because we are all connected through water resources. And so working as natural resources coordinator and working with the NPDES permit, I had the opportunity to join LEAD, Lakes Education Action Drive, because educating citizens about the importance of their lakes and things that they can do in order to minimize pollution and help increase the health and habitat of the lakes that we all enjoy in Winter Haven and Polk County and throughout the state of Florida is really important. And that's one of the missions of Lakes Education Action Drive. So I was happy to join LEAD because it dovetailed nicely with my responsibilities at the city of Winter Haven. Another thing that I did with the city of Winter Haven was I helped to increase awareness of nature-based recreation. I would lead walk-and talks or nature-based walk-and talks at the nature parks like South Lake Howard Nature Park, Lake Hartridge Nature Park, and Lake Maud Nature Park, and talk about the flora and fauna that we saw along the what along the trail or along the way when we were walking. It was a fun opportunity to share what I knew and what I enjoyed with people who wanted to get out and walk and exercise and learn a little bit more about their own backyards here, the Chain of Lake City, Winter Haven. That is really very cool. And, and I know that we had an opportunity numerous times to get together when you were with the city of Winter Haven and you shared with me uh, some of your ideas and your walk and talks. And I remember going with you on a couple occasions to several lakes where you're showing me some issues when, when I was with the Southwest Florida Water Management District where, where swift mud could help. And, and you were very engaging. It really, I think the city of Winter Haven was so, was so beneficial having you there and, and doing what you did. And you brought up the NPDES and and I think we've talked about that a couple times on the on the podcast, but it's a, you know, it's a long, long uh, acronym and, and stands for even a longer set of words. Uh, so a lot of times the people don't quite understand that. But talk a little bit about that. Does every community, every municipality have to have an MPDES permit? Well, they did at that time, Danny. I'm not sure if it's required now. 
Um, there have been some changes at the national level with the Environmental Protection Agency. My understanding is, yes, that we are still responsible for our stormwater discharges into our public waterways, which are lakes, rivers, and streams here in Polk County. Yes. And municipalities and counties are the ones who are responsible for tracking any illicit or illegal discharges into those lakes and also working on plans to minimize, clean up, or remove those discharges from the lake so that we can maintain certain water quality standards. And you're right, it is a long acronym, NPDES, National Pollution Discharge Elimination System. And really, in boiling it down, it, it stands for when, when rain falls from the sky, it hits the surface of either the ground, the grass, the roof of your house, the driveway, and where does it go from there? Well, if we remember the hydrologic cycle, you know, you have evaporation, you have runoff, you have infiltration. And what NPDES is dealing with is the runoff of rainwater or stormwater and what it might pick up, what the water droplets might pick up on their way to the water body. Well, what might they pick up? Well, if you fertilize your yard, they might pick up fertilizer. If you didn't pick up after your pet, they might pick up pet waste. The rain also might pick up oils, grease, brake dust, things off of the roadway. So anything that might get wet in the rain when it rains could pick up pollution that ends up flowing to the lowest point, which might be a gutter in your neighborhood. And from that gutter, it goes into a series of stormwater pipes. And those stormwater pipes end up flowing into a ditch or a creek or maybe directly into a lake or a river, the Peace River here in Polk County. And eventually the Peace River runs out into Charlotte Harbor, which connects to the Gulf of Mexico, which connects to Florida Bay and around to the Atlantic. And so we're all connected through our water resources. And if you think of yourself as a drop of rain in that hydrologic cycle and whatever pollutants you might pick up in between being a drop of rain and finding that body of water, those are the pollution sources that we are interested in minimizing when you're working with something like the National Pollution Discharge Elimination System. That is probably the best explanation I've ever heard of that, you know, that, that puts it in layman's perspective where people can understand what that, the importance of it. And, and part of LEAD is providing that educational component to some of our members uh, City of Lakeland, City of Winter Haven, Polk County, that rely upon LEAD to do educational outreach regarding stormwater, how that affects, and just exactly what you just said. And so it's exciting that that LEAD is a partner with the City of Winter Haven, with the City of Lakeland, with Polk County, in, in trying to educate the public. So great explanation. I, you know, I, I spent 10 years with the water management district and I don't think I ever truly understood what MPDS stood for until you just explained it. So. Well, it's fun. I, I enjoy it, Danny. It's fun to me to explain concepts that might seem foreign or too large for the general public to um, process. And one of the other ways that Mike Britt and I worked together with other agencies like Swift Mud and the Charlotte Harbor National Estuary Program at the time was we wrote a grant for Upkeep. And Upkeep is an acronym for the Upper Peace Kayak Environmental Education Program. Upkeep. 
Well, the grant helped us buy a dozen kayaks, a kayak trailer, and all the equipment we needed for those kayaks so that we could take people from Polk County down trips on the Peace River and explore our watershed together. We also would take the kayaks out to shorelines of lakefronts, and we would meet with kids in summer camps or scout troops or neighborhood associations who wanted to get out on the water in order to explore the perspective of what's it like to be on the water? Why are all these plants and vegetation along the shore of the lake? What benefit do they have? What harm might they be doing? How do they help us? Well, the plants along the shoreline of the lakefronts actually help filter out nutrients and pollutants from the stormwater runoff. When we get rain and water runs along the ground, grass in your yard picks up fertilizers that you might have put out on the yard. Well, the cattails and the um, other types of plants that live along the lakefront shoreline also filter out nutrients and pollution from the edge of the lake and from stormwater runoff. And exploring those areas and explaining those things to people who are enjoying a paddle on the kayaks is a fun way to get people immersed in their lake and getting growing an understanding of the importance of the vegetation, the water quality, and what we can do in our own backyards, in our own lakes and rivers and streams in order to benefit the long-term water quality of our resources. I had the pleasure uh, participating in one of those kayak trips uh, back probably in 20, 2012, 2013. It was early 2010s. You guys let us borrow and Mike helped us, uh, did a kayak trip through Bartow on the Peace River with one of the uh, Bartow City Commissioners. And it was a, a relatively dry period of time. So we were dragging the kayaks probably more, more than the, we were paddling. But uh, Mike took us in, into some of the areas of of the Peace River I had never seen and, you know, the catacombs and, and where Dover Sink is and, you know, really understanding the diversity of Polk County's water. And it's tremendous, you know, from the Green Swamp to the north and to, to the Peace River as it grows to the south. It's just an incredible and diverse ecosystem that Mike has embroiled his life into it. I mean, he has really spent his time understanding that. And, and that's what I got from you too. And that it's really fun to hear this. So your current position is the executive director of Green Horizon Land Trust. Now I understand land trusts. I, you know, I've participated, worked with some of them in the past over the last years, but tell us about Green Horizon, where it's located. Uh, what is your mission? Okay. Green Horizon Land Trust is primarily based out of Lake Wales, Florida. We are an environmental land education and preservation organization focusing on preserving and protecting environmentally sensitive lands along the Lake Wales Ridge of Florida. You may recall, Danny, that the Lake Wales Ridge is one of those ancient sand dune systems from the time when sea level was higher and then it lowered again along the peninsula here in Florida. And a, a great example of the Lake Wales Ridge is Bach Tower Gardens. Yes. It's on one of the highest points of the Lake Wales Ridge. Certain vegetation and animals live in the Lake Wales Ridge that live nowhere else on Earth, like the scrub jay and many types of plants and trees. Green Horizon has been around since 1991, and we have placed over 6,600 acres into conservation 
in order to preserve and protect Central Florida's natural heritage. Many people that we work with in Green Horizon are private landowners. We work with agriculture in order to help preserve and protect agriculture and the benefits that agricultural lands lend to the Lake Wales scrub area. We also work with conservation easements with agricultural owners and other owners who would like to see their property preserved in its present state so that it's not developed in the future. Because for wildlife and the enjoyment and preservation of environmentally sensitive lands, it's important for people to set aside some of those lands so that they can be preserved and protected. And Green Horizon partners with other agencies like the county and Polk County's Environmental Lands Program and different water management districts depending on where we're working with our conservation efforts. One project right now is the focus in the Bassam Park area, and it is called Windy Hill, which is probably rivaling Bach Tower for one of the highest points along the Lake Wales Ridge in Peninsular Florida. It's interesting, our board of directors um, are made up of a diverse group of people from a variety of backgrounds, from attorneys to real estate to bankers to environmentalists. We enjoy preserving, protecting these natural resources in Central Florida and educating others as to the importance of why it we are protecting these lands. Several of our properties are open for the public to hike and enjoy nature-based recreation. One is here on Overlook Drive in Winter Haven. It's Lewis Arboretum. It's a mile and a half trail of loopy loops and people enjoy hiking that trail. Another one is in Dundee and it's Pedersen Preserve, which is another two trails that go down to Lake Annie in Dundee. Many people enjoy hiking those trails. Sometimes we have directors who set up lights at night and attract moths, and we have moth nights where we invite the public to our properties to help identify the different types of moths and insects that are attracted to our lights at night. Sort of a nice way to measure the ecology in the area. The third trail system that's open to the public that Green Horizon is responsible for is a conservation easement trail, and it's in Babson Park, and there's actually three different trail legs that are all coming out from the Babson Park Community Church on Scenic Highway 17, and those trails are called Firehouse Trail, Chapman Oak Trail, and Scrub Plum Trail. All of these trails are very interesting places to visit. And we have a group of volunteers who actually work with the children at Babson Park Elementary School, and they do outdoor classrooms on those trails two or three times a year. And they take hikes and talk about the importance of the Lake Wales Ridge and conservation and ecology in our own backyards right across from that elementary school. And it's really a wonderful program. You brought up uh, the partnerships you do on conservation easements, working with landowners, and uh, you, you brought up the ag community. And, you know, so many people think that if you own, you know, 100 acres, 200, 2,000 acres of land, you may be farming it today, but your ultimate intention is to develop it. And that's not necessarily the, the case. There are so many people out there, and especially on the ridge, so many ag interests out there that realize, you know, there is some of their land that is very nice to develop. And one day it may be. But there's a tremendous amount of their land that they really want to keep exactly the way it is. And, and having a group like Green Horizons helps them do that. That's right. We're happy to help any way that we can when it comes to preserving and protecting environmentally sensitive lands. 
and we are very creative in the ways that we do that. Sometimes people would like to sell their lands outright. Other times they want to put conservation easements on it. Some people find that once they consult with their tax advisor, that it's in their best interest to just donate the land straight out because it's more financially beneficial for them to take a write-off for that donation than to actually earn the income from a sale where they would end up paying more taxes on the sale than that would benefit them from just donating it and having that write-off. Wow. So it's just a unique to every piece of property and unique to every owner situation, and we handle it on a case-by-case basis, and it's a lot of fun. We really enjoy what we do, preserving and protecting and educating others about it. That's what a private, not-for-profit type organization can do, separate from a governmental entity like a, a water management district or, or even the municipality or the county. They have very rigid rules and structure and, and through going through ELAP. When you put Green Horizons out there as the lead, as as the person going to manage it or buy it or whatever, it gives you guys a lot of opportunities to look at various ways to to preserve that land. How can we find out more about Green Horizon Land Trust? What is there a web page? Uh, do you guys have Twitter? You got Facebook? What's the deal out there? Green Horizon Land Trust does have a web page. We have a Facebook account, um, but I would encourage people to visit our website. It's greenhorizon.org. And you will find information about our properties. You'll find information about our board of directors, about our accomplishments, any news and events, and also a list of preservation criteria for people who might have land that they'd like us to consider putting easements on or accepting and holding in a natural state. There is a checklist of that criteria available on our website, in addition to other resources and support. So a lot of information out there, folks. Go to greenhorizon.org so you can find out more what they're doing and, and find a trail. And so I have to ask on Moth Night, uh, I, that's very intriguing. I think I want to participate in one of those. Do you guys do it when it's a little cooler, though? Because it's pretty hot out right now. The National Moth Week is the last week in July every oh, year. Oh, okay. So it's the hottest <laughs> time of the year to be out even after dark. And it's interesting. This was the brainchild of our director, Tom Palmer, who many of our listeners might know because he was a writer for the Lakeland Ledger for a long time. And I believe he's still a contributing writer, although he has retired from working for the Ledger. Tom loves loading up his truck with the lights and the generator and the sheets. And he goes out and he sets up these lights and hangs these white sheets that attract the bugs at night to the sheets and then has an identification book and he tracks his findings from the moth nights in an app called iNaturalist. Some of our listeners may have heard of that. iNaturalist. People enter observations about flora and fauna into iNaturalist and it's a resource um, for citizen scientists to share and enjoy and use with each other. So if you've never visited iNaturalist, maybe you'd like to visit iNaturalist and see what's out there in your own backyard. That is really cool. I'm going to have to look at that when we're done with this uh, podcast. That's very neat. I became a board member of LEED and uh, just as my position with the Water Management District in, in 2007, 2008. And, and you were there, if I recall correctly. So how long have you been involved with LEED? You know, that's a great question, Danny. I actually was part of LEED when I was working for the city as a natural, I'm sorry, as a recreation supervisor at Rotary Park. Prior to John and Martinez, there was another director 
and I'm sorry I'm not remembering his name, but we used to meet at Polk State College in Lakeland, and I would attend the meetings and be a part of that group at that time. So let's see here. I came to the city of Winter Haven in 2001. Maybe I've been with LEAD for 18, 19 years. Wow, that's really cool. Certainly what attracted me to come back to LEAD and, and serve as the executive director is because for the most part, everybody that was a board member when I first got on LEAD was still participating with Isn't LEAD. Isn't it a wonderful group of people, Danny? It really is that they're, they're just, they have a passion for their community. They have a passion for their job and what they do. And, and then they're, they're just not there to check a box and say, hey, I volunteered. No, they're, they're there because they believe in what they're doing. It makes me uh, happy to, to continue to be a part of it. And, and I really appreciate your insight and what you've done from the very beginning when I got involved with LEAD. You know, there's a couple people that, you know, while everybody welcomed me, there's a couple people I had a lot more interaction in because, with because of my position. You, Mike Britt, when he was on lead and probably learned more from working with you guys in the city of Winter Haven throughout my 10 years with SWIFMA than in any other organization. You guys were very passionate. So great. So GreenHorizon.org and Rochelle Seltzer, thank you so very much for participating in today's podcast. And, you know, it's, it's an opportunity once again, get to know our board members each podcast, we try to feature, you know, one, maybe two. I, I knew this was going to go long because there was so much interest in what you do and you share with our community. So, again, thank you, Rochelle. appreciate you being here today. Thank you for having me, Danny. you've enjoyed this episode of lead once again thank you florida's horizon and the off-brand studios for your generous hospitality if you would like to be a part of lead and sponsor this podcast just send an email to lakeseducation at hotmail.com to learn more about the lakes education action drive visit them at www.lakeseducation.org please join us on the next episode of lead